You have a good job, you like the other people on your team, even your boss is pretty good, or maybe you are the boss, but somehow at the end of the day you always feel drained. It's not that you've been working particularly hard either. Sometimes even in the middle of the day you feel like you have no energy. That's how Chloe Thomas felt when she was running her successful marketing agency. And so she took bold action and figured out what she could do to change that. I'm Jane Singer and welcome to Launch to Legendary, where we talk with people who have turned the ordinary into the extraordinary, who have taken challenges and turned them into opportunities, and who've created success on their own terms. In this episode, you'll be hearing about Chloe's journey, her road to finding a career that plays to her strengths and energizes her. This is not simply the story of changing jobs or industries. It's about self-discovery, trial and error, and making your business and life better by understanding yourself better. Along the way, Chloe became a best-selling author and international speaker and the host of two award-winning podcasts, E-Commerce Master Plan Podcast and the Keep On Optimizing Podcast. And that's only part of what she does. Today, she'll be discussing how to work out what success looks like for you how to set goals that inspire you, and picking a role that enables you to enjoy what you do and not be exhausted by it. Well, Chloe, thank you so much for joining us here on Launch to Legendary. I am really interested in what you're talking about. I think so many people listening to this are really keen to get your insights. A lot of people are wrestling with this. Thanks, Jane. It's brilliant to be here. And anything I can do to help your audience, I'm more than happy to do. So really excited for this, this upcoming chat. Well, I think that you've had an interesting backstory. And, <laughs> and yeah, and you, you talk about working out what success looks like for you and what makes you tick. And I think a lot of people are facing that juncture right now. Uh, people who have, you know, are maybe mid-career or mid-career-ish, and are just starting to reconsider what they're doing, where they're going. I mean, they have to make a living, so they can't just quit. Um, but they also want to find something that lights them up a bit more. You know, can you share how you managed to change your life a bit? Yeah, sure. So, um, so I kind of emerged out of uni to give a bit of a, bit of a backstory. I ended up working for a blue chip, a big bank. Went, oh, this isn't for me. I'll try something else. Tried something else. Tried something else. Ended up working in a, as a re, for a retailer, managing their uh, uh, direct communication channels, so email, catalogs, loyalty programs, that kind of stuff. Um, then they went under, so I suddenly found myself looking for another job. Ended up working for a group of mail order businesses doing the online side of things. This was in the early 2000s, so bringing brands online. So it was all a bit accidental. And then... Um, and then I accidentally ended up running a marketing agency because the person I was working for at the group of mail order brands went, we should turn what you do into an agency. I went, okay, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, right. That sounds like fun. Um, and about five years into running that agency, I was exhausted. Uh, sales were going down. Stress levels were going up. I wasn't managing to do anything on the weekends or the evenings. So I was just so exhausted. And I was trying to work out why <laughs> you know having achieved great grades at school having always had good reviews when I was being employed by people rather than being the boss when you know got a degree from Oxford University you know it's like how am I failing at this this is is, is why how am I destroying myself what's going on so I 
I did uh, one of many personality profiles. This one was called uh, something dynamics at the time. It's now called talent dynamics and discovered such a thing as introvert existed, which was like this lightning rod of awareness for me that went, oh, so not everyone's the same was kind of like the first thing. And then it was like, oh, so I'm an introvert. So I realize this is quite a long backstory to what success means for me, but I'm getting there. I promise everybody I'm getting there. So realized this introvert piece went, wow, oh, so I'm an introvert and I've been trying to be an extrovert and I'm running a marketing agency where I'm in charge of new business. I'm in charge of my team, hiring, motivation, uh, looking after them, all that kind of stuff. And I'm in charge of the clients. Hmm. I wonder why I'm always so tired and exhausted and regularly grumpy. Um, so I started trying to work out if there was if if I'm if what I'm being is not the person I should be, therefore what would life look like to be the person I should be, to be more successful, to have more energy, to have more money, to have all those things I wanted. And so I kind of went started at it from this position of absolute kind of crisis. How do I drastically change things in the short term so as I can survive? And then over the last, I don't know, 15 years. I've been trying to work out increasingly what that means about achieving success rather than running away from failure. That's so interesting. And I really like the way you frame that because I think so much of us, maybe we don't realize it, but we are running away from failure. We're so worried about failing that we haven't, as you point out, haven't thought about what success might look like for us, what matters. Um, like you say, you're trying to force yourself into a job where most of the requirements were to be an extrovert, where you're actually an introvert. So of course that would be, there'd be tension there, there'd be friction. I think that's that's such an interesting way to look at it. Now, what did you do after that? I mean, now that you've figured out sort of who you are, and you know what are the things that are are causing you to have these these terrible energy drains and frustration? What was the next step? Uh, there were kind of two next steps, two parallel lines, I suppose, going on. One was, what is introvert? Um, how do I be the best introvert I can be? Which bits relate to me? Um, so I started exploring that through uh, following people on uh, Twitter and social media, understanding my you know analyzing self-analyzing I suppose and right. also reading the brilliant book by Susan Cain called Quiet which thankfully came out at around about the same time which was a a, a real mind opener uh, but the more the more impactful I suppose parallel line was about trying to change my circumstances which I realized that the business I was running fundamentally wasn't the right business for me to be running. So I had to find an exit strategy. And I also had, so I was actually, we're probably up to three parallel lines now. And I had to find <laughs> another business that I could, could be my escape route because I knew as I was being a bad agency owner, I wasn't going to be selling out for millions. You know, I wasn't going to be able to retire I needed to have something else to do afterwards. And I knew I didn't want it, want a job because I knew having a job 90% of the time was worse than what I was already doing. <laughs> so um, working out how to exit the business, I'm sure many people would have said, just close it down, close it down, do something else. It's harming you. It's not good. But I really loved the team and many of the clients were brilliant. So I didn't want to do that. So I spent five years 
working out how to exit. And in the end, after those five years, sold it to someone who I'd hired and trained up. And I say I trained her. She was amazing. And she still runs that business to this day. And if the proof if the proof is ever in the pudding that I needed to not be in an agency, um, three months after I sold it to her, they signed the highest number of clients in one month that we'd ever done in the previous 10 years in one month. And I felt so happy for them. Wow. So one, the business did better without me. And two, I was so happy that the business did better without me. I definitely did the right thing there. Yes. And then the other thing was to to create a business that could make me happy and give me enough money to live a reasonable life. So I didn't need it to make millions. I don't need it to make millions. I'm still running that business now, but I needed it to give me enough that I wasn't stressed about money and that I could do what I wanted to do, but that also where happiness and having energy at the end of the day were just as important as the financial side of it. And that that was kind of the third piece was how do I start creating that on the side of the agency? I, th- I think that's so important. It's such a great insight. I mean, it's some, it seems simplistic when someone says it, but when you really unpack that, there's a lot to it because I don't think people look at it from that point of view. And I think especially the last 20 years has been so focused on unicorns and IPOs and making millions and billions and trillions that People don't realize that you can actually, as you're saying, have a business that you really enjoy that supports you at least as well, if not better than you would if you had a regular job and and everything can be fine. And so what, like you said, that you're not making, you know, hundreds of millions are going to be right in the next headlines in all the financial press. Um, I, I think that's such an important thing. I'm so glad you shared that. Now, what did you do next? What is what is the out? <laughs> what was the next phase? Well, the phase now is that I am. Uh, well, it started off. So, so this has gone through various iterations. What I do now, it started off as I wrote my first book called E-commerce Master Plan, wow. and the idea was to to do that business model where you launch the book, you run courses to then get get lots of coaching clients, and then life is marvelous. Why I ever thought having lots of coaching clients would be a good thing for me, I don't really know. But anyway, um, you know, as an introvert, filling your day with meetings every day of the week is not a good idea. So I tried that for a bit. That didn't really work. But um, discovered I was building kind of an expert positioning in the industry. So carried on doing that. And whilst I was running the agency, I let my second business essentially run at break even. So everything... It earned, ploughed back into more content, more positioning, et cetera, et cetera. And then when I sold the agency, the first year after that was, can this business actually make money? I'm still here. So, yes, it can. Um, And then the next year was, how can I optimize? And pretty much every year since, how can I optimize this mix of what we sell? to make it make me happier while still keeping the income levels reasonable. And that's gone through a whole load of different bits and pieces that have slowly filtered down and slowly filtered down, as you often do in any new business. You slowly filter down to the stuff that really works. And now essentially it's a media business where I run two podcasts and some kind of events and other bits and pieces uh, around creating content that the audience of 
e-commerce business owners and marketers want to pay attention to and then selling the sponsorship of those things to the companies who want to sell things to the primary audience and it's pretty fun and mm. most of the time it's it's lucrative enough so uh, you know, I get to have really interesting chats with people. Get to help people uh, whilst maintaining, you know, looking after my own energy levels, and that has touch wood is continuing to deliver. Yeah, I think that's remarkable, and I give you so much credit for being able to identify your strengths, being able to identify the things that really light you up, and being able to parlay that into a business that actually is enough of a business to support yourself and. And to and to give yourself the lifestyle that that you've always wanted. Thank you. I should say to everyone um, listening and watching that it sounds very simple and very oh wow, Chloe was so clever. There are still you know it took a long time to get here. A lot of learning, a lot of testing, a lot of trying things out, and it it wasn't as simple or as victorious you know a journey as it might, might seem and i still have to keep relearning lessons at the moment um you know i still have to go oh you said yes to that you really shouldn't have said yes to that i you know frequently i will continue doing something beyond the point i should have stopped the most recent one was um i used to write white papers for people so like 3000 word ebooks on topics and i knew i was starting to find it annoying and then I sold another one and it was horrendous. It was such a painful experience. Haven't done one since, should have stopped earlier. So it it's not it's not as easy a journey as it see, as it might seem from how we're we're talking about it here, because it has been fifteen years or something of of learning and and working on it. And and then the other day I saw uh, just to kind of give you another example, I was sent by a recruitment person who's coming on the podcast soon, their recent salary um, survey of how much people are earning in the industry. That was depressing uh, <laughs> for a moment or two. You know, so look, oh, if I'd stayed working for brands, where could have I, I have ended up at? And, and uh, yeah, I'd be getting a lot more money now, but I don't, not sure I'd still be here. So, right. um, so it's okay. But you, it, you have to keep relearning these things. It's not like a you 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 finish and you never go back. There's always steps backwards and steps forward and steps backwards and steps forwards. Yeah, I, I think that's really I, I, it's so true. I mean, I found that myself, and you feel frustrated because you hear about other people's journeys, and oftentimes when they're being told or being written, particularly if they're being written by other people, they leave out a lot of things, right? The timelines condensed. A lot of the long, boring years of slogging it out are condensed into one chapter or half a chapter because it's not interesting for the reader to hear about that. Um, and then they go on and on about, you know, the glorious wins. And it makes you think that this stuff happened really fast without a lot of angst. They don't go into all the nights, right? The founders spent lying on their bed crying, right? When they were literally on the ledge, you know, when someone's pulling them back in and saying, just give it one more day. And, you know, you don't hear about that. So you feel like if you're not able to come up with an idea and make it work right away, or if you've tried something and it, it failed, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm a loser. Nobody else, you know, is going through this. Yeah. It, and it's so easy to get into that cycle um, of not realizing that no, no one else is creating an overnight success. Everyone else has failures. Everyone else has 
uh, you know, things they they shouldn't have done, things they should have done. It's it's one of those 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 crazy things about the world we now inhabit is that with most of our businesses, there's about a million and one things we could be doing at any one time. And so you have to make your best guess as to what you should be doing and hope you've made the right decisions and hope that if you've made the wrong decision, you read, you realize soon enough, you know, another one of my stupid things I did was for a while, I would fly around Europe um, speaking at conferences for free Mm. in return sometimes in return usually in return for the travel cost being covered with no consulting to sell no agency to sell so there's no back end on it so there's there's a whole load of european countries i've spent less than 24 hours in <laughs> for some unknown reason i think it was right. so i could put international speaker on my linkedin profile but i only need to do one to, one to do that and i must have done four or five um so you you kind of sometimes you could be you could be a bit slow like me to really actually you need to do one of those. That was enough. Now wait right. till the money comes in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's difficult nowadays because with social media, um, you see what other people are doing. You feel like you should be doing all of these things. I mean, it was bad enough in the old days when there were fewer things to do, like you say, just speaking at live conferences um, or maybe writing articles occasionally for another you know, publication. But Nowadays, you feel you have to be doing a gazillion things. It just looks like everybody else is doing that. And I think just thinking about it can be overwhelming for people. Well, this morning, I saw a stat on LinkedIn that someone's done some research and businesses that commit to writing blog posts get 30% more business than those that don't. I thought, oh, no, I should be blogging. I'm right. not, you shouldn't be blogging. <laughs> you don't need, there's no good justification for you blogging at the moment. Stop it. Um, yeah. Well, a lot but, of these you know, stats are, are not based on anything other than somebody, <laughs> I don't want to say making it up, but sort of. Yeah, so, sort of. It, you know, so many caveats around that answer and what did they put in place? What did they do this? You know, there's so many things we could do. And, you know, I'm what, 20 years in business, nearly 15 years of running companies. And I, I still still have to sort of go, whoa, what are you doing? Stop a minute. Um, so, so yeah, it's, so it's, it's a forever battle to try and stay on the right path, but it's a fun one too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you have sort of a, I, I know everybody's different and every business is different, but do you have sort of a roadmap or a blueprint that you would recommend to people who are looking at this and are trying to, you know, figure out what they should do, how to evaluate their situation. Um, I think a lot of people are just sitting there thinking, yeah, I would love to be able to make this transition. I don't even know where to get started. Um, I, I don't have one like all encompassing piece for the listeners, but what I would say is I think there's, Un the better you understand yourself, the better you can achieve. You know, so for me, the, the key to all of this was understanding that I'm an introvert and then exploring that kind of casually alongside everything else and trying to construct something and and thinking, well, how, how exhausting was that? And that took a lot of energy. So should I be doing that again? Was it worth it? And so forth. So I would say start with a good personality profiling test. I find, find talent dynamics really resonates with me. That doesn't mean you have to take that one. If you love DISC, if you love uh, any of, you know, Myers-Briggs or whatever, do that, but really pay attention to it and really look at, hold on. So 
what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? How can I play into the strengths and avoid the weaknesses? Because the, the, the fundamental thing about personality profile is I am an introvert. If I try and live my life as an extrovert, I will burn out quite quickly. I can do moments of extrovert and have an awful lot of fun doing it, but I can't do it seven days a week. So once you start to understand that and really double down on your strengths, you know, if you're a ones and zeros person like me, um, becoming a graphic designer is probably a bad idea because <laughs> you're not going to be at your best. You know, it's so it's try, I have a lovely creative streak, but that would not be me playing to my best. So you've got to try and work out, try and double down on those strengths. Do the personality profile, then double down on the strengths would be the, the simplest advice I could give anyone else. Yeah, I love that. I think so much, so many of us have been brought up in the mindset that you have to try to excel at everything, and that if you're not good at something, you have to learn to be good at it. And there's, there's a case for that in, in, in many ways to become self-reliant and so on. But I think also it pushes people, like you say, trying to achieve things that they're probably never going to master. Like you're saying about design and me too. I'm not, <laughs> I'm terrible with that. Eventually you have to throw in the cards and, and say, this is not going to be my job. <laughs> I, uh, completely. And it, it's, I think that there's an awful lot of focus on minimizing your weaknesses, which I think, you know, when you're in your childhood and when you're you're in your 20s, trying to deal with those weaknesses and iron them out and understand them better is a great thing to be doing. But as you head into your 30s and your 40s, doubling down on your strengths and where, where you're, you're the best is a great move. I was talking to someone about this at an event the other day. We we're talking about how you kind of in your 20s you build in your career in your if you say in the same industry you build up this kind of tidal wave of connections and experience and skills and then through your 30s you build it a little bit more but you start to live off it and in your 40s which is where I am now I'm 42 these days uh, I am 42 today in fact not, oh. not birthday but like that is my age right now is 42 so um, as you as you hit your 40s you have to start I think you have to start realizing that you can relax a little bit into surfing the wave rather than trying to climb up the wave. And I think that's that fits in for me quite well with that as you as you start to leverage the wave and enjoy the wave, then you are more focused on your strengths than you are on your weaknesses. Yeah, I like that analogy. I think that's a really good way to put it. Like you say, ride the wave. I, I think that's great. Now, if you were to give one sort of piece of advice, I mean, I know you have a lot of advice and when you've gone through everything you have and there's been a tremendous amount of learning, but what would you share with people who are sitting there saying, gee, I just would love to get out of what I'm doing now, this soul you know, crushing um, job or business that I'm in, what would be the, you know, sort of the one thing that you might want to advise them? It could be more than one if there's more than one thing. I mean, it's tricky because everyone's everyone's situation is so different. Right. I think, um, and I, you know, I'm definitely not someone who went, just do it, just quit, because right. I didn't. I, it took me five years to exit, but I was working on the next plan. Then, you know, it's kind of, I'm a, I'm a bit of a planner. I have to make sure things are things are ready to go. So I knew I wanted to do the, do the first podcast. It took me six, nine months to clear enough space in the diary before I knew I had time to do it well. So I think plan it. Um, I think, 
you know, if there's one thing I wish I'd done in my career, which I regularly fail to, I've regularly failed to do and will now continue to fail to do is probably continue to fail to do is to have tried something before I committed to it. Mm. So I ended up running an agency by accident. Uh, if I come across anyone now who's thinking of starting an agency, I say go and get a job in another agency first because A, you will learn so much about how to learn and run an agency successfully and how not to as well because obviously there'll be things you don't agree with but that, that the people who are running it do. But you'll also realise if it's for you or not. And I think mm-hmm. if I'd spent a year working at other agency, I'd have realised that if I wanted to run an agency, I needed to do it with someone who was going to take care of new business. I could do presentations. They could do sales. I could do marketing and ops. And we'd have been a force. But I didn't know that because I'd never experienced it. I only built the one I built. Right. And then podcasting. I was like, yeah, let's do podcasting. <laughs> let's give it a go whereas now I think if anyone's thinking of doing podcasting I would strongly suggest they go and shadow someone because it's a much more noisy space a much more difficult space to get traction in now than it than it has been so I think don't do anything too knee-jerk but have a have a plan do a bit of research try and get an idea of if you think the grass on the other side is green I mean like podcasting is a great example of this a lot of people who love chatting think that they'll be great at podcasting but 80% of podcasting is your organizational ability if you want to do it well (laughs) I think it's it's all about organization uh it's great you know if you can do a great interview but it's about organization and a fair amount about ideas and, and content ideas but being organized is utterly critical. So, you know, it's go and go and chat to someone who's already doing it. Find out if you, what you think is your escape route is, is a viable escape route. Um, and then, you know, then just be kind to yourself. I think I think we all need to be kinder to ourselves in life. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great advice. And I think you're absolutely right. Way, the way something looks from a distance is very different than the way it looks when your hands on, when you have responsibility for it and commitment. So I think that's fabulous advice to say to people to if either work in that industry or at least try and shadow somebody for a while uh, before you make the leap. Yeah, I mean, even just one day of shadowing, you know, you don't have yeah. to do, do a whole year. Just one day will give you a huge amount of insight to help you work out if it's the right thing for you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chloe, thank you so much for sharing your journey and so many wonderful insights. Now, I'm going to put the links to your two podcasts in the show notes. And if people thank wanted you. to connect with you, sure. Beyond that, um, how can they how can they find you? Where where can they reach out to you? The easiest place to find me is LinkedIn. I'm very okay. active on LinkedIn. Just search for Chloe Thomas. You, I should come up if I don't add the word e-commerce and then I'll okay. definitely come up. Um, or you can find me via uh, the websites of either of those podcasts. So yeah, I'm pretty easy to find these days online. And if anyone's got any questions, really do reach out. Okay, well, that would be perfect. I'm going to put all of those in the show notes. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time and joining us here on Launch to Legendary. You are truly legendary. Oh, thank you, Jane. And it's been lovely chatting with you. So thanks for inviting me on the show.